Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Orlando Magic Daily Podcast, now part of the Locked On Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, my name is Philip Rossman Reich, and that was a roundabout set way of saying welcome. I'm the editor of Orlando Magic Daily and the host of the Locked On Magic Podcast. I don't know how many more times I could say Locked On, so I'm going to bring on my guest tonight, Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinstripe Post, our good friend. Zach, we need a new name for this thing. Do uh, you have any suggestions? No, but I'm just glad that you're locked onto something because clearly our attempts so far have been frailed by your, your internet. So uh, let's hope that your internet cooperates with us this time. Yeah, I have not had good luck with recording things today. Uh, I, I accidentally deleted the first run of my, of my podcast this morning. Uh, I've had internet issues. This is attempt number three. Uh, I've switched off a of call note. I'm now using QuickTime to record, so hopefully... Uh, Hopefully that makes things a little bit better. But uh, we're here to talk uh, about things that are going on with the Orlando Magic. Obviously, offseason has begun with last week's draft. The Magic made it a teensy bit of news, uh, trading Victor Oladipo, Ersan Yasova, and the rights to DeMontis Sabonis for Serge Ibaka. Um, what are your general thoughts uh, on this deal uh, for the Magic and, and what it means moving forward? Wait, the Magic made a trade? Yeah, I don't know if you... Uh, yeah, I mean, some people are talking about it. Um, they traded Jake Lehman. I know the big one's the Jake Lehman trade, but but yeah, okay. they made this They made this little deal in the first round. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I, I think it's interesting because ultimately the Magic were in a position where they had to go and, and make a deal somewhere, be it big or be it small. And they swung for the fences here. You know, they went and got a guy... And Serge Ibaka, who a lot of people have said is this great imaginative basketball unicorn of sorts that will fit next to um, Nikola Vucevic and could really work out for them. And then, you know, there's also the fact that they had to give up Victor Oladipo. But as Rob Hennigan said during... Uh, his post-draft press conference, look, you have to give up something good to get something good. And ultimately, that's what the Magic did. And I think that both of us would agree that we still don't fully know what Victor Oladipo is at this point. And we have a lot better feeling of what Serge Ibaka is and what he can do for this team. Yeah, and I think the overarching goal of this Magic team right now is to make the playoffs. Um, It's pretty clear this is becoming a playoffs or bust type of season for the Magic. And so uh, it isn't surprising to see them make a move that brings in someone that's a little more established, uh, a little bit more 
uh, developed and ready to contribute immediately to a, to a playoff team. Uh, another thing Rob Hennigan talked about is the potential leadership that can come from Serge Ibaka having been through some big playoff battles uh, in, in his entire career. Um, of course, I think a lot of the reaction to this deal is about what people think Victor Oladipo is or can be. Um, a lot of people I know, with, with the Magic at least, believe he can be an all-star and is the closest thing the team has to an all-star. And so to see him go for someone that is pretty established, that, that people know isn't an all-star, at least we don't think he is, um, that that hurt a little bit. And it definitely felt like they gave up a lot. I mean, I don't think Arsenal Yasova was giving up anything. They were going to cut him anyway. Giving up the 11th pick in DeMontis Sabonis, it depends on what you think about Sabonis, to be frank, on whether they gave up anything for him. But on balance, I agree with you. This seems like a deal that the Magic gets something they want and the Thunder gets something they want. Um, and it could turn out really well. Certainly more of a risk on the Magic's end because they just don't they don't have the depth of talent that Oklahoma City has. Yeah, and I, I think that that's a, a very fair assessment of it. But, you know, I, I think that this is kind of almost what we saw the Pistons do in trading for Tobias Harris uh, midseason. You know, they went and got that first pillar in free agency. Maybe that means they only get you know, one or two more complimentary guys to it along with keeping their own guys, but you have to you have to make a move somewhere and a trade's the best way to do it to guarantee that you can actually get the guys that you want. Because there's there's no guarantee that Surge would have come to Orlando in free agency next year. And there's there's no guarantee that the Magic are gonna be able to go and get some of the guys that they'll inevitably be linked to and that they could want this summer. Yeah, and but, and, and this but, doesn't affect their cap very much. No, I, it, I I think by my calculations they were they lost what about I had him down for like somewhere three between million? Three, three and five million, yeah. And I, I don't think that that's ultimately that big of a deal this summer because they're still going to have upwards of 45 million in cap space. Uh, that's also assuming that they go through with all the procedural things of renouncing um, Brandon Jennings. We already saw them today go ahead and and say that they weren't going to extend a qual or a report suggested that they weren't going to extend a qualifying offer to Andrew Nicholson, but they are for Dwayne Dedman. You know, next is going to be renouncing Jason Smith's capital. So, you know, th- I'm not sure they do that. Make these what was that? I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent sure they'll do that with Jason Smith, but but that's you know yeah that's yeah. I remember. mean that that that's how they would end up having all that cap space. Um, you know, so we're we're starting to see them make those procedural moves to to open up as much as possible. And you know, the big thing for them is with Evan Fournier as a free agent, who they're going to keep. We we both agree on that. Yeah. Uh, I think no matter what the price is, Evan will be back in Magic Pinstripes next season. Considering the fact that they have his bird rights, they have a, a great advantage that they can do what the Spurs did last year with Kawhi Leonard. You know, they agreed to the deal, but they didn't sign him and use uh, use his bird rights until 
after they sign Lamarck Saldridge. Yeah. So that the Magic can do that, still have the max cap space to go out and try to get a Nicholas Batum or a Harrison Barnes, maybe even an Al Horford still, or a Mike Connolly, if that's what is your cup of tea at this point, and still keep Fournier. So they're in a really good spot heading into free agency still. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't affect their free agency plans. And I think no matter what the Magic did at the draft, even if they would have kept Oladipo, I think we'd all agree free agency is still really important. They have to hit on these free on this free agency period and add to the roster. Not, not just adding players to the starting lineup and getting that max guy, but also supplementing things off the bench. Um, with... With this deal, though, things have changed now. I think it's undeniable. I mean, the the most striking thing to me when we were talking to, to, to Rob Hennigan and Frank Vogel on draft night was when they talked about adding Serge Ibaka. Frank Vogel said, you know, we believe we can teach Nikola Vucevic how to set the right angle and anticipate on defense so he can become a better defensive player. But when he began talking about Serge Ibaka, you saw his eyes light up. That Like, they got a player that changes what they can do defensively and really changes what they can do defensively uh, as well as is just cleans up a lot of mistakes. And so to me, the identity of this team now all of a sudden changes a little bit. The possibilities of this team change a little bit. And so then too must the free agency needs. Um, you mentioned Al Horford. I think a lot of us felt the magic were, were going to go after Al Horford uh, and we're, we're going to be big players for, for certain types of guys at free agency. Does, does this deal change any of that? Does it change any of the priorities of what the Magic need to accomplish uh, in free agency now uh, that they've made this deal? Yeah, I think that you know it changes them somewhat, but maybe not a lot. You know, They still have to go out and, and get those complimentary guys to aid the rest of the roster that they still have in place. You know, they still need a shooter. They still need somebody who can score off the bench. They still need another uh, guard behind Alfred Payton and C.J. Watson, I believe, and, and um, to play behind Mario Zonia and Evan Fournier at, at shooting guard. So they have needs. I, I don't know if it, if it changes it much. Maybe, and you, you and I have talked about this, maybe this opens up the susceptibility of Nikola Vucevic being traded even more. You know, maybe this means that they they really do decide to move on to him and add a couple of veteran pieces that way, and then you know start Serge Ibaka at the five with Aaron Gordon at the four. So they have a ton of ton of different options that they could they could look at this summer. Yeah, and, and I think the the key here is that they kept their flexibility. They didn't take on really any additional salary. Like like we said, um, they really only added about. $3 million of, of salary cap salary, at least, uh, to, to their books. So they're not in trouble there. They can still go out and get a max guy. Uh, I think a lot of the needs that they have um, are still very much the same. They, I think they still need some length on the perimeter and some shooting. Uh, the only thing I think that's changed is, uh, while I think he would pair well with Al Horford, I, I don't think they need another center like Al Horford. They don't need to go after a room protector. I mean... We've spent a good chunk of time since February talking about Dwight Howard maybe coming back. I think I think you put all that to rest now. There's no reason even to consider Dwight Howard anymore because you filled that need yeah. bringing in a shot blocker and frankly a better better offensive player than than Howard at this point probably 
in Ibaka. Um, so he changes. He, he, he checked off some boxes. And so now the, I think the biggest thing that the Magic need, and tell me if you disagree, um, was the thing that Oladipo really provided in someone who can get create off the dribble, get in the paint, and kind of make the, make the defense work. Um, I think they, I mean, I've, I've said this a lot in other places. They need, they need the straw that stirs the drink. Um, they don't really have that now. And so they need, they need someone that can create off the perimeter and be, be aggressive off the dribble. Counterpoint. They okay. need the drink that stirs the straw mm. as well. Well, that, okay. that really makes you think, doesn't it? it no, does make me but, um, you know, maybe a guy like a DeMar DeRozan who seems likely to re-sign with the, the Toronto Raptors at this point, another guy who has, you know, been linked to them uh, as recently as earlier today, uh, Jamal Crawford to be that guy, you know. Obviously, he'd be coming off the bench, but you can kind of give the ball to Crawford, and he can create some, and he can get to the free-throw line, which is something that the Magic haven't been able to do. Or, you know, maybe Alfred Payton takes that step, and with having a little bit more space, potentially more space with, Victor gone and not having to to share the ball as much, he could be able to to get into the paint more and make some more plays for his teammates. So I, I think that it, it's going to be good for them, but they still have to go get those supplementary pieces and free agency to really make it work fully work out. Yeah, yeah. Everything everything you know with this rebuild now is pinned to this free agency period, and so. I think this is a good time, and, we, and we've touched on a few of the guys. It's a good time to look at who the Magic might be targeting. Uh, you, you mentioned the first one, the first, the only guy that we have really any concrete reporting uh, that they might be interested in, uh, in Jamal Crawford, the NBA Sixth Man of the Year. Uh, what do you make of, of this rumor that, that came out today, and we're recording this on Tuesday night, um, in, case you, in case I don't post this till later, but uh, what do you think of... Jamal Crawford as as a potential free agency option. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that you're not as big of a fan on of the idea, but I, I like it for the Magic. You know, obviously the whole Matt the Killer thing aside, because he pretty much single handedly ended their playoff run in 2011. Yes. You know, Crawford Probably ended that that whatever championship window the Magic thought they had. Yeah. You know. Yes, Crawford's stats have begun to go down, or begun to go down some, and he's a lot less efficient as he was, or he might have been, you know, in some previous seasons. But he he gives them so much what they need. They need somebody who can create off the dribble. You know, I, I talked to a couple of Clippers guys, and they said, look, he he went down a little bit there, okay, but he gets to the free throw line, at a decent enough rate for somebody who would be coming off the bench. He can get you buckets in a hurry when he when he's on fire, which is huge. And then I think that the the biggest thing in signing him would be the veteran leadership that he would add to this team because I mean Serge Ibaka will help, but for all intents and purposes, this is a magic team that really needs somebody to, to really take the reins and take over and be that leader. You know, maybe Crawford isn't that big vocal leader, but he would be a step in the right direction for them if because, you know, he helped 
Austin Rivers a lot when he got there. Yeah. And he's he's helped other young players throughout his career. So I mean, he's he's I mean, I've got his basketball reference page up. He's been playing since 2000 since the 2001 season. And and he doesn't even look like he's aged a day since then. No, and he's 30 he's 35 years old, which is which is by surprise. He's 36 now. Yeah, he turned 36 in March. But he said he wants to play until he's 40 and he can still do it. You know, he's a three-time six man of the year. He's in the top 100 all-time in points scored. That's incredible. I mean, I, yep. I, I my, my concern is, I mean, I, I agree with all you with all you say in that, you know, he's a veteran veteran presence. I, I agree he'd be a good leader. Everyone everyone seems to like him as far as I can tell from his teammates. Um, I'm concerned about the price it's going to cost it to get him to Orlando. Okay. As well as the length of that contract because he is slowing down and it's pretty clear he's slowing down. Um, this field goal attempts this year, he, he shot 11.9 field goal attempts per game this year. It was the lowest, the fewest field goal attempts he's had since the 2006 season. He shot 40.4%. Um, he hasn't shot better than 40. I mean, he's never been a great shooter percentage wise. He's always been kind of a sure. high, a high, high shot guy, which off the bench, you don't necessarily mind, but um, you know I, I, I value efficiency, and, and you don't know what he's going to give you on the defensive end. Um, I, 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 this part part of me just doesn't sit right that you know this is going to be this this the next team that signs him is going to be the one that sees him just kind of fall off a cliff, and and that'll be it for him. Um, and you know I, I'd rather I guess. I don't know if it's a risk, but take a chance on a, on a younger guy. Like maybe you can convince Courtney Lee to come to come to Orlando. He doesn't have quite the spurtability in scoring that that Crawford does, but he has um, the same kind of shooting ability and the same kind of de- and certainly a better defensive ability with with the veteran leadership that you expect as someone who's been a part of winning teams in a lot of different and pl- in, in a few different places now. Uh, you know, again, it, with a lot of this, it comes down to price, and 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 the money is going to be so ridiculous this year. But if they can get Crawford to agree to like a two-year deal uh, that's that's reasonably priced, I could definitely be on board with it. Uh, but this is like a secondary or third third move to me, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. That can't be your only move, and I wouldn't expect that to be. Yeah. But at the same time, he's a guy that I think can make an impact, and you know. I, I would agree with you that price is a big thing, um, especially depending on how much they end up having to pay for Evan Fournier, be it, you know, I think we, we kind of agreed that his floor is somewhere around the $13 million range, and then yeah, he could reach as high as 19 to $20 million. I don't... I've, I've heard some people suggest he might that Evan Fournier might get the max, which sounds crazy, but a lot of teams with, have money to spend. Yeah, it's, somebody's it's, gonna have to spend it somewhere. It is. It is. It is a buyer. It is not. I don't know what kind of market it is. It is a player's market. If you're a free yeah. agent this summer, you're going to find a, find someone willing to give you money. Yeah, and I, I think that that's going to be really good for him. Um, I actually crunched the numbers a little bit. His starting salary with the cap at ninety four million would be twenty three and a half million if yeah. he got the max. So that's that's substantial, and that I mean that eats half of your cap space away right there. Yeah. So you would have to you would have to probably make your other moves first, and then 
sign him using, Evan, your, Evan, using Evan, his bird rights. Evan Fournier has to be the last move they make. Yep, I agree. Like, like they're going to negotiate, like you said earlier, they're going to negotiate, um, and I hope it's on this version because we've had to record this a few times because of my internet connection issues. Um, hashtag blog life. Um, but the, the way the way it works is Evan Fournier's cap hold is really small until they sign him, and then it becomes his salary amount and eats into that cap. So they, they're going to agree to a contract probably, and make sure Evan Fournier is the last guy they sign in the order of signing guys so that they have the cap room to go after a big fish. Honestly, after the um, after the you know Victor Oladipo trade and once free agency starts, I I think that there's a good chance that, that the Magic and, and Fournier could just agree to a deal pretty quickly. Yeah, I think so too. I think I I wouldn't be surprised if it'll be something similar to the Tobias Harris deal. I think it could be something like that, or maybe the Magic view him a lot differently than they view Tobias, especially with the the trade of Victor Oladipo, because they know they have to keep Evan now, unless, yeah. unless you know they can get one of those magical unicorns to come and, and play. Maybe they get a a Nicholas Batum who can play some two and play some three. You know, maybe they go and, and sign seven time All Star Joe Johnson, but he'd likely come off the bench at this point in his career. So they they have they have options. You know, maybe they're not the greatest or the, the sexiest of options, but they have options. But ultimately it's gonna come down to the order that they do it and Evan Fournier is gonna be the last, even if he's the first that they reportedly agree to a deal with. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit about some of those guys that, that might get a max deal. Um, you know, we both agree Jamal Crawford's kind of a, a secondary guy, but there's been some news t- tying him to, to the Magic, so there's something real there. Um, who do you think the Magic should go after uh, as their primary acquisition of this summer that, that isn't named Serge Ibaka? Yeah, I, uh, I talked about the fact throughout the season that I, I was – you know, on the Harrison Barnes train, mm-hmm. I thought the Barnes would be a, a decent option for them. You know, um, yeah, you know, I, I've cooled off on on Harrison Barnes a bit. Um, you know, his his play in the postseason, you know, obviously I think worried me a little bit, but I still think he can he has the potential to be really good wherever he goes. Um, but a guy that I I really I talked about some in the regular season with you guys, and I've started to really warm up on even more is Nicholas Batum. You know, I, I think he ultimately ends up staying in Charlotte, but I, I think the Magic would be very wise to go and, and make a big push for him because I think he'd fit perfectly with what this roster has um, already in place. And then I think the, the one guy that a lot of people have talked about that um, I, I stay away from no matter what and, and this is going to be probably controversial to some people, is, is um, Chandler Parsons. I, I don't touch Parsons with a 50-foot pole, mainly because of the knee issues that I, I think are a real big issue that could continue to, to come up and bite whoever ends up signing. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge Parsons guy. Um, I think... You can make up for some of his defensive shortcomings now that you have a Baca here. So 
I, I would say I've warmed maybe up to Parsons a little bit more since the Ibaka trade. Uh, but I'm afraid of giving him money. Um, not necessarily because of his money. I just I just don't know if he can take that next step up or if, if he fits with what the Magic are, are trying to build or the players around them. And I, I don't know if I want to be married to him for four years uh, on a max contract. Um, I'm kind of in this... I, I've kind of warmed up a little bit to Barnes too. Like I think... I think taking a risk on a guy like Barnes or Parsons is kind of where the Magic are at. They need to go out and grab someone who's had maybe a smaller role on a, on a good team and is ready to try and take the next step up. I think that's what they've done with Serge Ibaka, to be frank. Uh, so maybe with this signing, they need to do something a little more sure. Uh, I like Nicholas Batum ahead of all these guys, um, and, and I think it's pretty evident um, that, that we're all talking about, about small forwards, about kind of... Um, the small forward position because we don't we don't really think that that Evan Fournier can can play the three full time, um, but it, there's there's no it seems like there's no perfect free agent out there for the Magic to get. Obviously, they're not going to be in the running for Durant. They're not going to be in the running for LeBron. They're they're probably not in the running for Mike Conley. Um, Al Horford, even when they were chasing him, I think was a little bit of a stretch. Uh, it's just very difficult in my mind to try and sell one of these you know, like clear max guys on this Magic team that won 35 games. What if, what effect does that have on the type of guys the Magic could, could attract um, in free agency? Like Philadelphia is going after Harrison Barnes too. Are the Magic beating Philadelphia for Harrison Barnes? That's tough. I think on paper they would. But, you know, maybe a team sees the guys that they have. You know, they, they just added Ben Simmons in the draft, and then they still have all those other young bigs. So you know, maybe that is more attractive than playing with Aaron Gordon, Alfred Payton, and Mario Zoni at this point. So, yeah, I think that's that's obviously a worry. And um, I think at the end of the day, they're going to have to settle for some – probably lower tier B to, to tier C guys. You know, I, I mentioned this to you the other night. I, I think that a guy like Joe Johnson, sorry, <clears throat> seven-time All-Star in the pride of the University of Arkansas, Joe Johnson, would, would be uh, a good gift for them because it gives them a veteran who they can trust and who can you know still make an impact with his play. Maybe even a Luol Deng would, would make some sense for them. So, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to probably settle for some guys that and they don't want to. And I think that that is both that is a concern for fans. Um, it might be a concern for Rob Hennigan if he's really GMing for his job this summer. Uh, but it, it it's that that's definitely a concern and definitely a real possibility. I mean, I think it's very possible the Magic end up making some smaller moves. Uh, I, I I like your Joe Johnson idea. I like your seven-time All-Star Joe Johnson idea. Um, I think he's he's the kind of veteran, the kind of guy that can that can score and put up good, good scoring numbers, but isn't necessarily going to get in the way of developing young guys. And is it going to stand in their way when it's their night or they 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 have it going? Um, you know how much how much defense he can play uh, again. You can take on a guy that maybe isn't the best defensively because you have Serge Ibaka behind them now. I like it's amazing. It's kind of amazing how much 
things can change just by having his presence there. Um, and I think we're going to see that this year uh, after after four years of Nikola Vucevic. And no offense to no offense to Nikola Vucevic, but it's it's different when you have a shot blocker behind you like that. Um, a move like that would not surprise me at all. Uh, whether that's a good thing or whether it's a disappointment is is another thing. Um, the worst thing the Magic can do, I think, this summer is lose their flexibility for 2017 and, and into, into 2018 too. I, I think. Signing a guy that doesn't that clearly doesn't work and that you're stuck with is probably the worst thing that the team can do this this summer. I mean, you look at what Milwaukee did with Greg Monroe; they're already trying to get out from under him, and that's going to be tough to do, even on a contract from from the previous uh, collective bargaining agreement. Uh, so that's 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 kind of the the fear I think with the Magic, and, and it's not to say that they need to play it safe and that they shouldn't take a risk where they think one's one's available or one makes sense, but uh, it's very realistic that this summer comes away disappointing to, to the fans, um, and I don't know what that means overall for, for this for this franchise moving forward. Yeah, I, I would agree with, with your point on you, know, you can't kill your flexibility for next summer, but at the same time, there's going to be so much money again next summer because of the next cap jump yeah. that's going to happen, I think. Some have projected the cap to jump to what? 104, Somewhere. I think. What, what was that? 104, I believe. I, I thought it was even higher than that. It's going to jump at least another $10 million next year. And so, you know, and depending that, on how you structure your expiring deals, and, and Ibaka is one of them. He's an expiring deal, and the Magic have his bird rights. Uh, and he's not getting paid $20 million yet. He's, like, what, 15? Uh, I believe he's at 12... Just over twelve million. Just over twelve million. He's barely getting paid more than, than Nikola Vucevic, so his cap hold is not going to be onerous at all. And so the Magic will have some room to play with before they even deal with Ibaka next summer, if if Ibaka proves himself worthy of another contract with the Magic. Yeah, and I uh, I think that that's very likely. I think that they they want to uh, to I mean, keep him around, and, and that was something that Rob said during. Uh, his press conference this past Thursday that, that the plan is to keep him around and you know maybe maybe the change of scenery is just what Serge needed because clearly I mean, it wasn't working in Oklahoma City he, this past this he, past year he clearly is one of those players like I said like like we might think Harrison Barnes is or, or like we might think Chandler Parsons is who is ready for a bigger role and to see if he can get a bigger role and like Victor Oladipo was the same way like he he deserved a shot to see if he could be an All Star. And I don't think the Magic could wait around another year for him to prove that. And so that's why that's one of the reasons why they moved on from him. Now Ibaka gets his chance to prove that he can be be good. And I think, honestly, I think Serge Ibaka could be an all-star next year um, if things break the right way. If the Magic perform well as a team, is if, if he produces statistically, he is so he is so such a difference maker defensively. He brings that scoring up. Why not talk about him among among Eastern Conference all stars, especially with the way the front court is in in the NBA. Um, I, I uh, let me go grab a fire extinguisher real quick. I said could that, be. I didn't say he would be. Still, that's a that's a pretty hot take. That's that's one that I haven't seen. And, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I don't know if he would be able to to bump his scoring up enough and still have that impact defensively. That's 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 perfect. That's perfectly fair. Um, you know, we'll of we'll, course. 
of course, we don't know what could happen with him playing next to uh, potentially potentially playing next to a really athletic foreign Aaron Gordon because we saw that the Thunder's best lineups this past this past year were with Kevin Durant playing the four. Yeah. Obviously, Aaron Gordon is not Kevin Durant, but having having that option is still would still be really big for them because that that would give them a really good defensive front court that can make up for some of the deficiencies that that uh, Evan Fournier and whoever they uh, whoever else they might sign could have, and it, it could just work out in a big way for everybody involved yeah I mean I, I, there's definitely some pieces missing to this team uh, but also opportunity um, you know I think a big part of this team now is can Aaron Gordon make that next step and we expect him to, to be a lot better if he can stay healthy this entire summer another big question is is Mario Hazonia ready to take another step forward I mean he barely it felt like he barely got a chance his rookie year um, there's there, a lot of internal improvement is going to happen, and and you know maybe the Magic have some intel to tell them these guys are ready, and that's why we needed to free up this space, and we see how they attack. We can see we might see how they attack free agency to determine if if that confidence is is there in in the guys they already have. Um, with with the little bit of time we have left remaining, um, what you know we talked about some guys they could look at. Let's talk a little bit about needs. Um, what are the needs left on this roster that, that maybe we haven't addressed? Um, and, and how can they go about attacking them now that, that, that free agency is here? Um, obviously, they, they have a hole at the wing, which we've mentioned. Yeah. Um, they need to add another power forward because okay. I, I, don't, I don't think that Serge and Aaron Gordon are going to be able to, to hold up completely. Uh, I mean, eventually also, you want those two playing together for the most part. Yeah. Um, and they need to add another another center because, you know, yes, they took Steven Zimmerman in the second round, but I don't think he is fully going to be ready to to come in and and make that impact that they're going to need from a backup center. Maybe that's bringing back Jason Smith, who was very good for that team last season. Yeah, you know, we saw them uh, extend that qualifying offer to Dwayne Debin so they can. Uh, they they can match any offer there. So maybe, maybe their biggest need is to add another big because you know be that Jason Smith, be that Dwayne Dedman who they went and um, gave the qualifying offer to today. You know they can match anything for him now. So they have opportunities to be flexible and go and and get that backup the, that backup big or two that they need. So they have some options even with a, a weaker free agency class. Yeah, and, and I would say, um, aside from getting that, that extra wing player that, that I think we all see that they need, um, I think their biggest need is, is bringing in a veteran point, point guard to back up Alfred Payton. Uh, it, it's definitely a fine line. They, they believe in Alfred. It's pretty clear they do. Um, I, don't know, I don't really know what C.J. Watson is. Uh, we didn't get a really good sense of him last year. Uh, but I'd like to see some consistency from the point guard position. Uh, they were definitely thin there, and so I'd like to see them bringing in, bring in a veteran that's kind of a clear backup guy, um, isn't is going to push Peyton in practice and teach him some things, but isn't necessarily going to kind of challenge 
his status as the starting point guard very much. Uh, I think Peyton's still a little touchy there, and, and uh, at least on this roster, I don't think he's going to handle coming off the bench well. Um, so we'll we'll see what they what they do there. Um, so I think, uh, and then of course I think the other big need is is they need to find shooting still. Um, uh-huh. Fournier and Nazoni are good shooters. Ibaka is not a bad shooter for his position. Vucevic can shoot, but not to the three-point line. They they need three-point shooters to spread the floor, especially without a consistent uh, driver and, and, and penetrator uh, on the team. Yeah, and you know, on the, the point guard point, I, I wrote about him the other day, but I like a guy like Ramon Sessions. You know, mm-hmm. he, He'd be able to come in and give him some some balance and help him at that backup point guard spot. And he has a skill that they desperately need. They need people who can draw fouls and get to the free throw yeah. line. Um, I believe his career free throw rate is, is near 50%. And last, last season he was right around there too. So, you know, even if he's only giving you, you know, 15, 20 minutes a night, if you have a guy that's going to the line three, four, five times in that amount of time, that's, that's impactful. So a guy, a guy like him, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with with the uh, the shooting as well. Because at this point, you and me could probably go walk onto the team and be a couple of the better shooters that they have. Well, well, I get one three a day, and that's from the co- that's from the high school three point line. So uh, I'm not gonna not gonna quite say that yet. Um, but obviously, a lot of change possibly coming to to the Magic. Uh, this this summer still a ton of work to do. Um, I'll, I'll close. Let's close this list with this question. Uh, so I was on Tuck and O'Neill last yesterday or Monday, um, and uh, Jerry O'Neill asked me this question, and it was an interesting question, and I want to ask it to you. Um, Are the magic were the magic better at noon on Thursday or noon on Friday? Yes, that that is the question. I think they're better. I think they're better noon. On Friday than they were on Thursday. I think Serge Bach makes that much of an impact. Yeah, I mean, I my my answer was if they had to play tomorrow, I, I don't think they are because because I have serious offensive concerns. Like I I don't right now I'm I'm worried about how this team's going to score. I just don't know where the score is going to come from. At the same time, you had you had to have those same concerns with Victor Oladipo there because. You know, sure, Victor can go and get his, but he's so inefficient doing yeah. it, and he he can't finish. He can't get to the free throw line. You know, that's true. And, I, and I think Ibaka makes our defense significantly better. The, the defense is completely as different Vogel, with I mean, Ibaka there. Having yep. a real coach help. No offense to Scott Skiles and Jock Vaughn, but Frank Vogel is a real coach. <laughs> and uh, with what we probably both agree with, is going to end up being a pretty good coaching staff. Which of course they had last season, but it just didn't. Yeah, didn't work out. I mean, I I think probably possibly Skiles was was the wrong guy to lead this this team. Uh, his his the times have passed him by, and and I think he recognized it and, and left because of that. Um, I think that I think that about does it for for previewing free agency. Is is there is there anything you wanted to you wanted to add before before we close down the show? Yes. Uh... We didn't talk about Summer League, which is going to be a party. Yeah, Summer League's always a party. So, But what, um, are, you, what are you looking forward to most in, in Summer League next week? I am uh, most looking forward to watching Tyler Harvey attempt to take 25 shots a game. And then I'm very interested to, to watch that white team some because 
they have a handful of guys that played for the Bayhawks last season in the D League, and then I believe they have nine guys total for, that played on a different array of D League teams. So yeah. I think seeing how much you know time in the D League can translate. You know, yes, summer league isn't NBA quality, but still. These are guys that are, are trying out for NBA teams, so they're going to be giving it their all. So I'll really be interested to see how their time there has helped them transform their games from who we saw last summer and who we saw in college to where they are now. Yeah, and uh, as, as we remember last year, that, that the D-League team, the Magic's D-League summer league team, nearly won the whole tournament. So they, they know how to play together um, – I like watching Bill Peterson coach. He's he's he he did a really good job with that group last year. Although uh, also, although the Bayhawks did not have a good season this year. Also, a, a very interesting point that I noted: the this is the first time in four years the Magic won't have a first round pick on their summer league team. Wow, that's right. And because that's and Mario Azonia is of course in in Italy, I believe, um, playing. Uh, he's he's wherever Croatia is. Yeah, he's wherever pro- they are. He's probably attacking, uh, attempting to dap up opposing coaches again. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully he does because he's he's Mario Azonia, and we want to see that swagger back, man. Skiles Skiles had him looking looking like a rookie, like a wide eyed rookie a little bit too much for for my liking. Um, uh, but uh, I, it was still a good year for Azonia. I'm expecting good things from Azonia. Um, I thought I, as, as as much as he struggled, I, I thought he had the year I expected, and then he grew in a lot of ways. And so, uh, you know, definitely still room to grow for him, and then hopefully he he's given some freedom to to, to go after some things this. Uh, this season as well, um, but that's that. I think that's for another podcast. I think uh, we've we've hit the early part of the summer pretty pretty well here and gotten us ready for free agency. Uh, Zach, thank you for dealing with, thank you for being patient and dealing with my internet issues. I think we have a full episode here. Um, if not, someone will surely tell me, or you know, someone will just download it, give me the give me the download button, and not and not actually listen to the whole thing. Um, t- Zach. Uh, tell us what you got going on in Orlando Pinstripe Post real fast and uh, where, where people can find you. Yeah, we're, we're wrapping up some uh, preview stuff for free agency. Um, I have one of my great writers, Will Ogburn, who wrote this phenomenal post on the ending of the Victor Oladipo era um, for the weekend. He's working on some, some small forwards that Magic could look at. Uh, I looked at point guards. Corey Hudson looked at the shooting guards. And then we're going to look at some bigs and, and get ready to, to hit Summer League and free agency head on like a bull. Um, if you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at ZachOliverNBA. Um, I tweet a lot about golf, so be ready for that. Yeah, Zach, Zach has a lot of tour sauce, so, so be careful. Be careful there. It's, it's, it's hot. It's um, saucy sometimes. It's, it, it, gets, it gets a little saucy. Um. Zach, thanks, thanks again for, for joining me here and, and getting us ready for, for free agency. Uh, for Orlando Magic Daily, I'm Philip Rossenreich. Again, uh, I'll get this out of the way. You can follow me at OmagicDaily. Uh, we'll have our own free agency preview up on Orlando Magic Daily, but definitely check out uh, what's going on at Orlando Pinstripe Post as well. Uh, if you made it through this podcast, you probably know where to find us, but just so you know, you can find us on iTunes now. I believe if you search Locked On Magic Podcasts, you can find the iTunes feed once again. Uh, if you subscribe to the original Orlando Magic Daily podcast feed, 
I believe, if, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it automatically downloads these podcasts now. Uh, we switched over to the Locked On Podcast Network, so you'll be getting a daily podcast now uh, every weekday in addition to, to these longer-form conversations uh, about the team on, on bigger issues. Uh, and then, of course, if none of that works, if you can't find it on iTunes, go to audioboom.com, search Locked On Magic Podcast. You can find the iTunes link there as well as an RSS feed uh, or just listen to, to all the back episodes as well. Uh, for Zach Oliver, uh, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. Thank you for listening to the Orlando Magic Daily Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. We will catch you next time. Ace's the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.